coming to you from the My Little Falls studio here in beautiful Little Falls, New York. It's your host, Scott Kinville, and another episode of Marty's Illegal Stick. And welcome to episode 16 of Marty's Illegal Stick. We're recording on Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021. Normally we record on Wednesdays, but we got a jumble the schedule around a little bit for this week. Uh, anyways, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. I want to bring in my co-host at this time. Uh, first of all, I'm going to bring in Mr. Leo Kinville. How you doing, Dad? Hey, how you doing, son? Oh, not I'm too ready bad. to go here. I'm. I'm. I'm uh, real, you got Barry back. You got uh, uh, Pierre coming in. That's going to be great. This is going to be a great nice show. show. This really is. And our producer sitting right across from me, my buddy Dave the Save Warner. How you doing? I'm doing fine, buddy. All right, I'm doing great. All right, and once again this week. Yemi Award-winning Rich Masucci can't be with us. He's got one more week of his jumbled-up work schedule. Okay. He told me he'd be back next week. He still wants a raise, so I said, okay, well, I got up to zero. Sorry. But uh, don't worry about it, because filling in, we are bringing in Mr. Barry Shelley. You remember Barry from the Rink of Dreams he was on a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, given this is going to be an Eastern Hockey League flavor type of show, I figured this guy would be the ideal co-host to bring in. So, Barry, how you doing? Great, Scott. Pleased to be with you guys. I really appreciate you doing this, and I and I hope you have a good time being a, the co-host this week instead of the interviewee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. So without further ado, I want to bring in this week's guest because this is something we've been looking very forward to. Um, when we started this podcast out, one of the one of the things that we really wanted to do was get an original Clinton comment on. And I am so pleased to be able to introduce today the one and the only Mr. Pierre Prevost. From the Clinton Comets, how are you? Hey, I'm doing fine. I'm glad you guys uh, we got together and uh, you finally got a hold of one of those uh, Clinton, old Clinton Comets because uh, we're getting old and there's not too many of us left around the area. <laughs> well, we're we're very thankful that you came on. We uh, we're looking forward to hearing some stories of the old Eastern Hockey League. Well, I hope I can remember some of them. <laughs> uh, so well, let's start off real simple. Where were you born and raised? I was born in Cornwall, Ontario in 1946. All right. And if anybody doesn't know where Cornwall is, it's just across from Messina, New York. Okay. Okay. I I know where it is. That's where they train all their air traffic controllers. That's correct. Air Canada, yep. There you go. That's correct. Yeah, Yeah. about 10 miles away from uh, Cornwall. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Yes. Did you you play junior hockey up there or – well, I uh, did uh, play two years. My, I was 16 years old. I went out uh, to play uh, in Montreal. And uh, one of my coaches was uh, Cliff Fletcher and uh, Claude Royale. I don't know if you don't know if you remember these guys. Cliff was a scout for the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, Claude Royale was coaching the junior Canadiens. And uh, that was about when I was 16 years old. And uh, we didn't have a very good year that year, so um, we went through a lot of players, but it was like an expansion team that they took over, and from Valleyfield, Quebec, and then they, they uh, the Montreal bought, a, bought that team. But the second year, I had two of the coaches from the old Maroons, which is the name was Wally Clune and Hervé Lalonde, and they had played for the old Montreal Maroons, if you, I don't know if you remember. Okay, if yeah, you can go, yeah. If you can go that far back. Now, they would have been but, the English-speaking uh, team for Montreal, correct? Uh, is not, that, no, okay. No, or is that the they, they were, yeah, they, well, Montreal Maroons, there were a lot of French people there. Joliet there, these sure. guys were playing for them. You know, I'm going way back and, uh, cause, uh, 
Uh, Alvi Lalone, he had just come back from Switzerland and he was uh, coaching hockey up there. And he was maybe about 45 at the time. And so is Wally Clune. But uh, uh, then one of my teammates was uh, Guy Lapointe. I don't know if you remember oh, him or yeah, not. yeah, very much so. Yeah, and he was only a 16 years old. And then the following year, he ended up playing uh, with the junior Canadians. Uh, but uh, he was a good player at 16, and you can see why uh, how good he was uh, with um, the junior. Can- I mean, with the junior Canadians, and end up with the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he went on to win several uh, Stanley Cups with them too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. And then the, my last two years, I ended up in uh, Cornwall playing for the Cornwall Royals. Okay. In the, in the Central uh, Hockey League. And it was a very good league, um, the Central League. It was just a, a step below the OHL, which oh, yeah. is in the Ontario Hockey League. And uh, that was a better league. I mean, that's where all my teammates from the Comets play, like Bordy Smith and Dave Armstrong and, you know, and all the other guys, it's in Howie Dietrich. Uh, they all played in the OHL, you know? Very, very but, cool. Yes. That's awesome. So you had mentioned Cliff Fletcher earlier. Now, is this the same Cliff Fletcher that went on to become a general manager of the Calgary Flames? That's his son, I think. Okay. Okay. That's his son. Yeah. Cliff is very old now. He's probably, uh, probably in the eighties. Cliff is, okay. but Cliff was a general manager of, I'm trying to think who he was with the NHL. He was with the Canadians for a while and then he moved around. But uh, like I said, he's, uh, he's probably about 80 years old now. Cause if I'm 74, you know, he was a lot older than I was. Maybe he's older than that. Maybe about 85 probably, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so you ended up with the Clinton comments. So tell us how, how, how did the path to Clinton come about? Well, that, 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 that's a funny story because that year I was uh, got drafted by uh, by uh, Minnesota North Star, and that was an expansion that the year of expansion, which uh, opened up a lot of jobs, and uh, everybody from the Eastern Hockey League and uh, kind of went up, you know what I mean? And uh, with the World Hockey also, that's that was a year that came out too with the the NHL. You know, they went up to ten teams, I think, and then uh, the uh, Western the World Hockey League opened up also. Correct. So that created a lot, a lot of, a uh, lot of jobs, and, uh, and you know, I was kind of surprised I ever got drafted because of my size, and uh, you know, and uh, but uh, I, that was gave me a chance to, um, you know, go and play, uh, and I didn't want to stay home and work, so I wanted to play <laughs> hockey like, 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 like kids want to do, you know what I mean? But, uh, but I got kind of, uh, you know, um, they must have seen something that was worth for me to, you know, to, to be drafted. And uh, when I went to the NHL camp, uh, naturally, uh, you know, that was the, uh, there's no way I could have made the team, but uh, it, was an, it was a great experience to go there. And you know, one of our coach was just John Muckler, and he just passed away he did. not too long not not too long ago, you know, I yes, just I read about that. Over. Yes, and uh, but uh, the affi- affiliating team was Memphis, Tennessee, and again, I didn't end up there because I, that was probably the Central League, and at the time they had the Central League, the American Hockey League, and the Western League, okay. and uh, and then I ended up uh, with uh, Ren Blair was part of the Minnesota North Star, and uh, naturally with uh, Ed Stanley. And he had. That's how I ended up with uh, the comments here. That is. That's really cool. Really cool. Yes. Yeah. So I know uh, Barry wants to ask you about one of your teammates. Sure. So Barry, go for it. Pierre, I was in contact with one of the, your teammates today um, when he was called up to the comments after he played juniors. You were his very first roommate. Do you remember him? 
Uh, Ted Tucker? You bet. <laughs> he wanted to say hi. He's on my rink of dreams, and he heard um, I was going to be on the show, and I mentioned you were going to be on. So, But, yeah, yeah he said he enjoyed um, having you as a roommate. You're a great guy. I just have to ask, since you know Leo's a goalie, I'm a goalie, so you know how crazy we are. How was it living with a goalie? It was crazy. Perfect danger. Perfect. But Teddy was my, kind of my first really roommate because um, uh, when I uh, was in Montreal, like I stayed at uh, some people and in uh, and, and, we didn't have any, I didn't have any other hockey player with me. And, uh, when I back to back home in Cornwall, I was, uh, at my parents' house. So Teddy became my kind of my first, uh, really roommate. And, uh, you know, we went along our own little business, you know, and, uh, you know, we went out, uh, a couple nights a week, I guess. But, uh, you know, once, uh, you know, I, I, we were, we were different, but we did a lot of things together when we stayed at home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was a, Really easy guy to get along with, Teddy. You know, mm-hmm. but but uh, coming from uh, where did he come from? Tetford Mines, not Tetford Mines, uh, Thunder Bay, right? Is that Thunder where Teddy's Bay. from? Yeah, Thunder Bay. Yes, yes. But Teddy was a a good goalie. He really worked hard. And uh, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, we were playing about four games a week, and then practicing. You know, and uh, you know our lives was mostly kind of hockey all the time. You know. We did oh, a, mm-hmm. sound like today. Uh, today, the comments say that sometimes the teams only play two games a week. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right, absolutely. Down to yeah, once so, a week now, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and when you weren't yeah. pra- when you weren't practicing or playing, you were on a bus. I'm assuming, correct? Exactly. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, but we never stayed overnight. I mean, Stanley didn't want to pay uh, the motels, you know, and uh, I can remember that. <laughs> so he wanted to save the money. So we would go, you know, overnight and then uh, come back home. You know what I mean? So I remember that, uh, you know, the year we lost the five games. We, I, I don't think I, maybe the one time or two times we played, uh, we stayed overnight. That's about it. You know. By the way, I just wanted to say too that if you think it was something living with a goalie, you should try being raised by one. <laughs> yeah. Now he knows I, uh, that big sticks for. So your first year in Clinton was the year that you guys went uh, fifty-seven, five, and ten. Is that correct? That is correct. You know, and when you think about it, uh, at the time, we—I I mean, I know—I didn't think too much about it. I mean, you just. Uh, you know, you just go out there, like you say, there's so many games per week, but you just go out there and play the game. And uh, when you're winning, it's a lot of fun. And uh, But our coach, Pat Kelly, was very tough on us also. And uh, on the weekends and when we had to play on a Sunday, uh, we had curfews, you know, when you think about it. And uh, I don't think he liked to lose. And uh, when we slacked off, well, I don't know when we slacked off, but, we, you know, he, but he was always on us as far as curfewing. I mean, he really keep tabs on us. And and then today, the results, I mean, you could see, uh, you know, the standing away, what, what we did too, you know, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, when I think back today, what, what really went on with only 13 skaters and one goalie without a mask and uh, <laughs> nobody really got hurt. We didn't have too many injuries that year. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of hockey if you, when you think about it, with only four defensemen. You oh, know? absolutely. Oh, you only had four defensemen. That's all we had oh, at the wow. time. Nine, nine forwards, four defensemen, 
And uh, a lot of times, like, you know, then Anderson would get penalty penalties and fighting misconducts. And uh, then you were done with three defensemen. Sure. You know, that was a lot. Yeah. And you, you you didn't think nothing of it at the, in the day. You know what I'm saying? It's just that today when you look back and, you know, and then uh, it was it was it was hard. You know, you didn't realize. Uh, and then if you did get some injuries, like uh, not really injuries that you can miss a game, but. You get you blocked a shot. It's not like today the equipment of the guys the way these guys mm. block shots. It's unbelievable. They just stand there and they just keep blocking shots. Well, but yeah, in our day, in our days, I mean, it, it hurt. Well, nowadays they're wearing suits of armor compared to what what you guys had back then. Exactly. I mean, it, and and the thing you still had to play with uh, if the puck hit your ankle, it was. I mean, it hurt. Oh. I mean, but you still had to. Skate, you know, I mean, you, you just couldn't take the day off, you know, or a week off. I mean, there's there's no way you could do that. You know, I mean, you just kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, bite the bullet and just keep going, I guess, you know, I, you know, but it's yeah. hard to explain. I mean, yeah. it's what what we were going through, all, you know, also, you know, it's just that. Today they get two days off, they break a nail. <laughs> Well, you know, well, well, maybe not that bad. What are you saying, Dad? But I mean, you, we don't know the bruises they are getting to. I mean, sure. just, I'm sure they're getting a lot of bruises. Or, you know, the game is a lot faster and they hit harder, and uh, the guys are bigger, also they're stronger. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it, it's a men's game now. Even those kids that come in, uh, you know, they're, they're what six four, six five, and yeah. uh, and that's you know, just the goalies now. Exactly. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable the size of them, you know. And when I look at them, you know, and it's just wow. It's funny too because I have arguments with my friends sometimes about comparing, especially with goalies, the like different eras, about who was better and all that. And I always kind of point out, I'm like, you know, have you ever seen the size of goalies nowadays? Of course, they take up seventy five percent of the net just by standing there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember, I mean, you remember, yeah, you remember the Gump Morsley, Gump Morsley, remember Eddie oh, Bowers? he's the man, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> T- Terry Sawchuck and those days, yes. they were all, uh, Jackman, you know, they were small guys. Speaking of Eddie Jackman, yeah. did you actually play with him or? No, no, he was before my time. Okay. I'm sorry, Barry, yeah. you had a question? Yeah, uh, talk about the fighting. A well-known player, everyone knows, Dave the Hammer Schultz, he played in the league in 69-70 for Salem. Do you recall playing against him, and was he as feisty back then as he was when he went up to the Flyers? Not really. No, I think, uh, you know, I, we only played, I think, twice against him because uh, we had to, that one year we uh, traveled to Salem, and then they traveled mm-hmm. back here. We made the one trip, you know. And, uh, you know, when he, he was very quiet. Plus, we had Anderson out there, so it's probably why he oh. was so quiet. And, uh, just, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my, my, my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but again, in those days, I mean, uh, it, it was really brutal when you watched the NHL with the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, you know. But uh, I can still remember, though, when uh, he played against the Montreal Canadiens and Larry Robinson uh, kind of oh. corked him. I don't oh, think <laughs> Yeah, and I, you know, I used to watch the Canadiens all the time, but, uh, but, but the Schultz and then they had a you know a team that uh, uh, and uh, what tells his name the name of a coach again Fred Fred Sherrill? Freddy Fred Sherrill, Sherrill, yeah yeah, yeah. He, he had those guys uh, really uh, together as a group you know what I mean and uh, looking out for each other and uh, that was kind of the beginning of uh, really of uh, you know the bully times you know and Boston big Boston Bruins and you know and those were the, those were the good days too you know what I mean. Uh, 
the bench brawl. I mean, that's okay for the big guys, but sometimes it's not us <laughs> smaller guys, you know. No. <laughs> you know? But so we I, didn't have too many. Yeah, we didn't have too many. Uh, I, I don't remember in our year that we played uh, the first year that uh, we didn't have too many brawls like that. You know, I think because of Anderson. Anderson was a he was a tough guy. You know, he was a, yes, one he of the was. toughest guy I ever met. You know, sure. And I re- and I remember reading a story about him and John Ferguson. I don't remember John Ferguson. Oh, he's another yeah. tough guy. Yeah, he was another How about tough Buffery guy. Buffery down there in, in uh, Long Island Ducks. Oh, John Brophy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, that John Brophy, not John Brophy, I mean, uh, uh, Ferguson, Ferguson said uh, he was the toughest guy that he ever met, fought against his uh, Henderson, you know. Yeah. So, Very cool. Yeah, so that was uh, nice to hear that, too, because, you know, and, and Andy never made pros, you know, I mean, except playing here, you know, but, you know, uh, but he was, he, he had a job to do and he did it well, you know. So you were a defenseman, correct? Correct, yes. And who was your normal partner? I guess the coach, Pat Kelly. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Pat Kelly was a left-hand shot. So was I. And I've always liked to play the other side also. So it was not a problem for me. And uh, But, you know, we had all kinds of ice time. Pat was a good hockey player, too. He was a steady, steady player, you know. and What, uh, what a heck of a guy to know, have for your partner, too, huh? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you know, and, and uh, I learned a lot from Pat. Pat was, uh, like I say, uh, he was a good coach and, a, you know, he was a good player. And it was, he had a tough job, too. It's tough to play and coach at the same time. I don't know. It's, That's uh, got to be difficult. That, that really does. You know, I mean, you know, I, just being in that position, especially if you're, you know, in a close game or whatever and you want to be out on yeah. the ice, but you also know that your other players, I, I couldn't imagine being in that spot. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, you, it's hard to coach a team that doesn't lose. Yeah. Because when you lose, when you lose games, you say, "Well, this is what we're doing wrong. We can work on these things." But it was very difficult, you know, because when you win, it's hard to figure out what you're doing wrong. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, Pat, I thought he had a tough job, and he, like I said earlier, he, uh, he, I mean, he had a handle on all of us. Believe me, you know. And I was a young twenty-year-old guy, and the other guys were older. I mean. Uh, and they'd been with Pat the year before, and uh, I tell you, they respected him. And uh, I was, I was kind of, I look back now, and I says, I, you know, I'm very, very impressed, you know, with the kind of job that he has done. I've, I've always felt, talk good about Pat anyway, but you know, and it was really, when you think about, it's hard to coach a team that loses, you know. Sure, sure, absolutely. Because you know, what do you it, go over in practice, right? <laughs> Well, we got to work. Exactly. Oh no, we don't have to work on that. Well, we got to work. No, we don't have to work on that. <laughs> exactly, and, and, and it's not hard. Yeah, and it's not hard to stay in shape because you're always on the ice, and when you play the game, you're always on the ice anyway. You know what right. I mean? Absolutely. It's just, it's just that. Uh, but anyway, so. So I got a, I got a question for you from one of our listeners. Actually, uh, his name's Kevin McKinney. He's, he's a, always listening to our show. And I'd actually mentioned to him that you were going to be coming on, and he's like, "Okay." He goes, "You got to do me a favor. You got to ask him." He wants to know, and I, I have no idea what, what this is about, so maybe you can shed some light, about Pat Kelly jumping barrels at the odd. you know anything about that? Jumping barrels? Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, okay, I said, I'll ask him. I, says, I, I, I wish I could uh, give you some more hints, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm at a loss here on this one. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he did that when I was there, jumping okay. barrels and all, because we, we never really practiced at the odd. 
we always practice in Clinton, you know. Sure, sure, absolutely. And, absolutely. and I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, maybe Leo would, would remember that. That um, they had black ice in Utica too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yes. I know, you probably wouldn't remember that, but uh, <laughs> but uh, they had black ice because they they make the ice and then uh, they would take it off during the week or whatever. And uh, it was always maybe about a half an inch thick and uh, you know, like it's like yeah. on concrete. So and. Uh, I don't know why they did not want a white ice. Uh, maybe they didn't want to <laughs> paint it because they were taking the uh, ice in, in and out, I guess, you know. But uh, maybe it costs too much to do white paint. It had to be hard to pick the puck up, though. You know, and it was hard for the goaltender, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, that when, the, when the ice is not that very thick, I mean, it's dangerous too because, uh, you know, and and we, I don't know, I don't think we ever had any games canceled that year, but I heard the guys talk the years prior, you know, they had games canceled because, uh, you know, the, the, the ice was not available to play, you know. Oh, sure. But was it but, thick uh, enough and it was too dark? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't think it was ever thick enough. I remember correctly. Oh, gosh. No. I got to ask you know, one yes. question, Pierre. Uh, you, got, you said mentioned earlier about curfews. Yes. So that mean you had to leave the golden teapot in early? You got it. Ah, and he would call. Ah, he, you I got it. Remember he, it. <laughs> oh, yeah. He would, call, he would call us. He would drive by to see if we were home. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, I can remember trying to catch you guys there a few times, but I had to work. By the time I got there, you must have had your curfew because you, you, nobody was there. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then when Patrick kind of checked up on us, and we probably were going out again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, no, that didn't happen too much because you know you get tired. I mean, you know, I was tired. You know, I mean, and, oh, uh, absolutely. And, and people were married too, and they had their wives, and you know, we would leave the tavern, or I think it was eleven o'clock. Our curfew was, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 11 or 12 o'clock, I don't remember, but, uh, you know, that was late enough anyway. I mean, you know, gosh. Well, I know that was, know. A, that was a big hangout of the Clinton Commons for years. Yes, yes. Yeah, Altaris was my hangout, too. I've always liked Altaris there, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And Warren Evans, he's still around, Warren Evans. He's, oh. you know, every now and then we run into him. Remember Warren Evans? Yes. He used to there, own the Village Tavern. There was a uh, there was a fella that had a, the best seat in the house at the at the uh, at the Clinton Arena, and of course they always had the best hot dogs there too. But I wanted that seat, but that guy, I did these. He, he, I think he's still living. Really? Because <laughs> I never got that seat. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't remember his name, do you? Leo? No, I don't. I, I matter of fact, I should have started talking to him just so I could find out his name, so I can get a hold of his family yeah. and have him go somewhere. Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the other thing too that uh, when you really think about it, you know, when at the Clinton Arena, they we never had a glass. On the sides, no, right? No. Yeah, right. Can, can you imagine these people watching <clears throat> a game and they had their chin like an, on the boards and everything else and that puck was flying or oh something, my God. you know? You know, no. I mean, and, and and people would, I don't know if they, not, not, not that many people would get hurt, it seems like to me, you know? Uh, yeah, maybe I don't they, remember. I, I don't remember that either. Tell you the truth. No, maybe the third or fourth throw that was more dangerous for them. But oh, yeah. I, think we, I think we were programmed because when I played in junior, we didn't have any glass or nothing, just in the end zone. You know, As a matter of fact, we didn't have any glass, just mesh when I played in junior. That's right, right. You know, but uh, I think we we're programmed to shoot the pucks like you know on the boards, not over the boards. You know, exactly. I can remember because I had Dave Exley as a coach. He played. He was with the uh, Bruin uh, organization years ago. 
And he always taught, well, I was a goalie, but he always taught the guys, well, every time they put it over the, over the boards, he'd, he, you, you, you'd hear him. Yeah. Because that was part of the program at the time. Exactly. And I mean, it, you know, to keep the play going or whatever. And, uh, yes. you know, when, when, yes. when you think about it to me in those days, when you try to ice the puck, and today they use the glass and all that stuff to get the puck out mm-hmm. of the zone, you know, and, and it made it harder for, you know, for, for really for us to really, you know, get the puck out of the zone also at times, you know. Oh, I can imagine. When you, when you, when you think about it, I never thought about it before until I'm talking to you now, but, but you know, and, I, you know, these are the things that uh, I guess it was not in our mind to kind of more or less uh, throw the puck in the stands or whatever, to ice it or whatever. I don't know. I just, it's, it's really weird, you know, the way uh, the game has changed also, you know. Yes, it's changed a lot. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Gosh, you know. what else? Well, I know. I know. Barry <laughs> wants to ask you about the the statue outside the odd. Okay. Yes. How did that come about? And I saw the video with you on YouTube today um, when they um, had the ribbon cutting. Um, I know you probably had a lot of highlights in your career, and you won championships. How does this compare compared to you know winning the championship? and so forth. Well, you know, and Robert mentioned that to us, that he wanted to do that. And the four of us kind of looked at each other and, you know, like, you know, and we didn't know what to say, you know, and, and then we started thinking about the you know, weeks later and he says, you know, that is a good idea. It would be nice. And I mean, we're still alive, you know, our family, our kids, our fans can you know, look at that, you know, and uh, Robert was very, Gunho, and he had everybody with the Utica Comets, uh, the sponsor people, on board with that. And, uh, you know, and I still think about it today, and I always have a picture, and I got the little mini thing on my table here at home, you know, and I look at that all the time, you know, that's where I eat and I see it all every day. But it's really an honor to see that, you know, and um, I'm very proud of it, you know, and, you know, that's of a the accomplishment that. Yeah, and have the accomplishment that we have done, and uh, just be able to be recognized, you know, with, it's it's very nice, you know. It is. But I want to make one more comment too about uh, that statue. That, and <clears throat> the more I think about it, the more I wish I had a couple more. But <laughs> my point, my point is, is that I don't remember this guy Al Bonaparte. The name sounds familiar. Okay, he was our uh, announcer. He traveled with us on the bus, and he would uh, announce the games uh, to the people uh, back home, you know, on the road. Mm-hmm. And he was also the the home announcer, not the not the r- rink announcer, but the radio announcer. Mm-hmm. And the and the, and the station was Z O W. And um, not too long ago, maybe about a year, year and a half ago, we found out that uh, he was into uh, a home, and uh-huh. I can't think of the name that. Uh, you know where he was at but we saw the daughter and she told us and then i got that little miniature statue and i got the four of us and we went down over there and uh he was 96 years old wow and uh he had he had dementia and he couldn't you know at the beginning he kind of recognized us but not so but then we started talking about hockey and his mind was coming back very slowly and oh, wow. it was really amazing that how much, as because we stayed about a couple hours just talking to him, but it was just so nice for him to really get that little miniature thing. And and he passed away about maybe four or five months ago, but 
it was really because he, he spent you know three or four years with us you know and just announcing the games but we kind of forgot all about him all of a sudden until we saw the daughter and then you know and then we did that for him and it was very nice to be able to do that you know that's very very nice it is nice. I mean, you know, it's and I, we really appreciate these people what they did for us too. You know, what I mean, and sometimes we forget. Like, you know, what I mean, we do forget. You know, sure, it's, sure. you know, you know. It's but anyway. So that was a good thing that the four of us did. You know, I was Jack Kane, uh, Gordy Smith, and Dave Armstrong did that. You know, that's that's a I wonderful tell you, thing. We, I'm a season ticket holder, and we were there the night you guys come out on the <laughs> ice to get introduced. And boy, I tell you, that was fantastic to see you guys yeah. back on the ice again, and just you know to come out and say wave and just be there that was to me that was an honor to have you guys there yeah. well robert has done really wonder for us you know i mean he's uh you know we can go upstairs in his booth and uh i mean he's uh you know he's always after us to come to the games and join him and uh robert has treated us you know very good you know and uh yeah. and we, we really appreciate that luann has done that and everybody uh with the utica comments have done you know very nice for us, and uh, we really appreciate what they're doing, you know, and uh, bring hockey back to a Utica area, and uh, a lot of good fans around here. I mean, the young wow. fans, you know, and, and uh, that uh, I look at that banner every time I go to the game, boy. Yeah, that, that brings back a lot of memories. You, you know, mm-hmm. and when you, how old are you, Leo? I should ask you an asterisk. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, but, but but the point you, I'm trying to say, Leo, I was that, born in '48, so I'm, just, I'm 72. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm a couple okay, years so, behind you. Yeah, so so another word is that uh, you were kind of eighteen years old when I first came here. More was what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I meet some people there that probably today are about maybe the sixty-five, sixty-six. You know, oh, yeah, and uh, yeah. they, they were young kids. They were used. They were going to the games. Their father took him to the games, or they were ten, twelve. You know what I mean? And when you look at that, I says, you know, all the older people are are not around, or they're you know. They're probably in a home or they're not able to go to the games, you know. Right, right. There's a few of them because I, I see them, you know. But today what you see is that just like people like yourself and, you know, the kids were like 10, 11 years old and, uh, you know, that yeah. are still around, you know. But I'll tell you, it's uh, it's nice to get to the yard. The yard looks so beautiful. I mean, they've done a beautiful job on that place. And uh, oh, it's they, really well, – Scott plays at the, uh, the, the Clinton Arena once in a while. I get to go over there and watch them over there and – Boy, to sit in that place again, it just it just brings back yeah. so many memories. It's different with all the chairs, though, huh? Oh, I guess so. It's, uh, what, I, they're, where'd they they're, go? They're bolted <laughs> down, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's, no more, there's no more chairs for <laughs> I have one of them upstairs in the rink. I had that statue sitting on it, and I had the chair. I believe that chair was thrown at Leo during one of his Barry, you're close. You're, you're close, Barry. Off, but, you're you're yeah. close, but I was the one that threw the trick. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. He does have one. I saw it myself. <laughs> Did you really? Oh, my God, yeah. That, that's, you uh, should come up. I'm inviting you, Pierre, to um, come up. I, I think Scott and Leo will tell you that I think you'd love I have. So much stuff of your team up there, programs. Yeah. Oh, it's an amazing oh. setup. Yes. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Well, we'll have to work something out because uh, the four of us, uh, uh, the, right after Easter that week, we had the time uh, away from our uh, driving school bus, and uh, we were thinking about maybe going out there for breakfast and maybe uh, get together with you uh, on that uh, when you're not working, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, Getting Leo involved and Barry involved, oh, and I'm sure there's some great. nice, mm. nice breakfast place up yes. there too. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So we can 
you know. But that's the week. Think about that. That's the week we have off, and then we can always uh, write that do down. Something, Scott. You know, I won't forget that. Don't you worry. That would, that would be very, very. I, I would love that. That would be awesome. Yeah, like like I talked to you before. I mean, we can do uh, something different. All all four of us, and uh, yes, yeah, so get your dad involved too, and Barry, and that'd be we great. We can do like a roundtable discussion or something. That would be exactly, wonderful. exactly. Yes. You know, super. Yeah, definitely. So. Well, listen, I don't want to keep you too much longer because I'm sure you've got um, other things going on, but I just want to ask you one more question. When you went out on the road, give me one of your favorite cities or arenas to play in other than Clinton. Uh, New Haven. New Haven. Oh, the Blades? Man. Yes. Any particular reason why? Well, the crowd, the atmosphere, there always sure. was our uh, – they always came in second place. There always are, you know, the Big toughest teams to play. Yeah. yeah, and there were always had some good games there, you know. But it was one of the toughest rink to play in, you know what I mean? Right. And the reason why I say that is because in my heyday, the goaltender never stopped the puck behind the net, first of all. Second of all, the rink there was like oval. So it was not like there's no corners, right? <laughs> so when they shot the puck, they went all the way around the – you know what I mean? <laughs> so you spent, you spent a lot of time chasing at the beginning until you realized how to play in that rink, you know? Because they had the advantage, yes. You know, but again, it's uh, it was all the fans were great too. The fans, the fans, they really never kind of picked on us. That's how much rivalry it was. But they really never. I mean, uh, they were never really that bad. You know, as far as with us against us. You know, it was a there was a best rink I, I've always and one of the best games also. We we seemed to always beat them too on this. We always played them on a Sunday night. It seems like you know, and uh, it was always a close game. And after you know, it's, it was. New Haven was to me was the best best place to play. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you always beat them, of course, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just that uh, it, you know it was such a great game. Also, I mean, was, that was a good team too. You know, you know, sure. Johnstown Jet. There was a nine hour bus ride. I mean, that was a tough, uh, too much, too tough. Mm. You know. Now, you, did, like, did you, you have know. to play them right when you you got there, or did you get to rest a little bit before you? Well, I mean, yeah, uh, we, never, we never, we never, yeah, we probably leave what six o'clock in the morning to. Nine-hour drive and then get there maybe at four or five o'clock. I don't know. And then games at seven o'clock. Oh. You know, it was. What tough. about Greensboro, the Generals? You, did you guys play down in Greensboro? Well, I played there like on my third year when we did the the, the Southern Swing. Uh-huh. But then again, those were tough trips too because they, they were so hot, so warm, and oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's um, you know, it was it, it's tough when you know. I remember playing Salem first time, and then we played uh, Greens. No, Salem. That was at, on the way back home. We played Charlotte, Greensboro, oh, yeah, and then yeah. we go to Jacksonville. Jacksonville was a hell of a ride, huh? From uh, oh, wow, from I Charlotte. guess so. I bet. Wow. Yeah, and then you get to Nashville there too. That was another tough, uh, long ride. You know what I mean? The Southern that they had some rough, you know, some rough trips. I would, I would think, you know. Oh sure. And then. And then we had Salem on the way back. I remember that. I forgot who else was in the was in that league, you know. Man, oh Pierre, man. talk about Johnstown. Do you remember a player? He's a friend of mine, Reggie Tent. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he but led the like scoring. Just... Well, number two in scoring and um, sixty nine seventy, one hundred and twenty five points in only sixty four games. Really? Yeah. Wow. He was a right hand shot. Yep. And he still he can still shoot. He was just up last summer, and uh, oh, no, no. He, no. he is he, he's looking yeah. good. No, Reggie Kent, he was a left hand shot. He was a left hand shot. Mm-hmm. Galen Head, I think Head, he was a right hand shot. Remember that? Yeah, I think he played the same line as he did. Reggie mm-hmm. Kent, right? Yep. yep. Wow. He was a t- he was a tall guy too. Tall. 
Small guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Galen Head. I think he was the other one that was uh, right hand, and uh, they played on the same line. He was a he was he was a good puck handler. Yes. And like and you, had- you're real involved with the Utica hockey. He's had season tickets down in Johnstown ever since he's retired. Um, he goes well now it's a junior league, but he still skates out with the players. And you know, at his age, he he looks like he's 20 years younger than what he he really is. Really. Really, yeah. yeah, he's keeping himself in good shape, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's fantastic, you know. It's well, you you just got to keep moving when you're as you get older. You just can't, uh, you know. I don't know you got to stay active, you know. Yeah, you, you have to. That's yeah, uh, yeah and then that's there's that's so much truth to that. It really is, Pierre. I really appreciate you coming on. This is this has been fantastic, and. Uh, Definitely want to take you up on that offer to get you all four of you guys together. Yeah. Well, thank you for having us. And uh, I'm glad that uh, it worked out. I'm glad you ran into my wife there, Sandra. And uh, I hope she treats you guys very well, too. She you know? was so, fantastic. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, of course, I didn't tell the priest how, how this all came about because uh, she did our physicals down at the fire station. I'm a fireman. And she, the, her company there, they came down. And um, I'm 46, so I have to have an EKG. She did my EKG. Did she really? Yeah. We got talking about that's what she said. Yeah, that's when she saw the bruises, she says. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, were, you were the one that was flatlined, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember get, that guy. Yeah, we had, we had to get the defibrillator. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Oh. But, yeah, no, really, uh, well, tell her I said hi, and thank you so much for, for setting this up, and uh, thank you for coming on. And, and like- Hey, you're, th- you're more than welcome. And, again, thanks again, and uh, don't be afraid anytime, and uh, we'll, I'll, I'll make sure that uh, when the time comes, and uh, I'll text you and uh, to get that uh, going. And call those guys, okay? I will. And then I'll, t- and I'll talk to Jack Kane, and when I talk oh, to Jack Kane, I'll, I'll send you a text. Okay, sounds great. <laughs> okay. All right. So, well, I, okay. thank you very but, much. We appreciate it. Pierre from No Comet Fan, thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, you're more than welcome. And Leo, it was nice talking to you. hope I can meet you guys uh, in, uh, when we go down in, uh, uh, in uh, April uh, after Easter. And uh, Barry, th- also, thank you for uh, – I hope to get together with you too. Great. Okay. Uh, looking forward, looking forward to it. All right, talk to you guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, Pierre. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you. That was Pierre Prevost. That was that was awesome. That was really awesome. What a great guy, too. You know? Oh, absolutely. Man, oh man, I tell you. Um, and I I tell you, I'm really looking forward to getting all four of those guys together, and that's gonna be a real good time as well. So we're gonna end this segment like we always do with breakaway trivia. And I look at the look on your face. You got the camera on him, Dave. I, yeah, I just whipped it over there. Here we go. Oh boy, this trivia. Uh, so this week's question is, and you might get this one. I wrote it down. Okay. How many the answer times? or the question? Writing <laughs> 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 the question down doesn't count, all right? Yeah, this isn't Jeopardy. <laughs> 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 all right, so the question is, how many times did the Clinton Comets win the Walker Cup as EHL champions? The answer when we come back. Need to find that gift for someone special? Visit Little Falls Presents at the Stone Mill and Canal Place. Stop by today to find unique artist work, 
t-shirts, coffee cups, gift towels, greeting cards, tote bags, koozies, and original oil paintings and prints. It's all about the art of the gift. For more information, visit mylittlefalls.com shop or call 315-508-5310 for details. And we're back with segment two of Marty's Illegal Stick. We're going to be looking at some news and notes from around the world of hockey. But first, we're going to get that answer to our breakaway trivia question. I'm going to ask it one more time, and then I'm going to ask you guys, see if you know the answer. Mm. So the question was, how many times did the Clinton Comets win the Walker Cup as Eastern Hockey League champions? And I'll bet you Barry will get it right. I'm sure I'll Barry knows this. I'm going to go to you first. I say three. Okay, Barry? I I lied. I already <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I knew the... <laughs> Um, answer, and it's even signed by Pierre too. Oh my God! I'm sorry. And it's signed by seven of the players from back in the '60s and '70s. <laughs> so, did the the breakaway trivia question? Did you uh, did you catch it or? Yeah, I called it, but I'm not going to say because I I looked it up. So (laughs) that's why I brought the book. He was doing his his version of Google is to go get the original program. Hey Barry, did you talk to Dave before this? Because that's what Dave likes to do too. No, no, I I I knew Pierre was going to come on, and I I brought the book down because it has all this. Of every year, the comments were there. So. So, All right, because you would cut out first when I was talking. That's why I was like, wait, what? (laughs) So, Dave, you want to take a stab at this without uh, looking at your phone? No. Okay. (laughs) Well, the answer is five. God, I was going to say five. Sure you were. Uh, It was. Well, he's got the answer right there, and he crossed it out. I did, too. I thought about that before I gave it to you. (laughs) Oh, if I had looked at that, I'd have been a hero. Well, that's funny. Uh, I, I am old for fourteen or fifteen. I think whatever. You're no old you for know, fifteen. I figured yeah. I put one right in your wheelhouse too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you very much, son. <laughs> oh Leo, I'm sorry. I just got your text that you just sent me about four minutes ago asking me how many. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help you out. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he, he, He's t- look at your dad looking at his phone. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> well, the Rangers are on in her head, one nothing. So oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, well, too bad I didn't ask that for the Mercury trivia question. Yeah. <laughs> All Nobody right, got it wrong. <laughs> well, let's take a look at some news and notes from around the league, guys. So, uh, congratulations to Patrick Kane on scoring his 400th NHL goal on February 28th. Uh, he did it in playing in 996 NHL games. Uh, that's that's impressive. So we're probably going to be talking about him again next week because he's going to hit 1,000 games uh, played in the NHL next week. Um, I got to tell you, guys, I at first I couldn't stand Patrick Kane. I always thought he was, you know, the, the arrogant, cocky, ungodly talented, no doubt about it. But I, I will say this, as he has got older and become more of a veteran presence with the Blackhawks, he's really matured into a team leader, and uh, it's impressive. It, it really is. Well, I'm glad. I'm surprised to hear that cause- he used to bad mouth him pretty good. Well, that's, you got to remember, too, that was when the big Blackhawks-Kings rivalry was going on, too. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Barry? I don't tell you, too, it's my expertise is minor leagues. <laughs> I follow the minor leagues. Even today, um, that's all I do. But, yeah, Kane, he, you know, he's outstanding. And, well, in today's game, it's a lot faster, and I think it suits him better um, games today than – Back in the 70s and 80s, just like probably 90% of the players that are playing today, they, they wouldn't be able to oh, no way. 
be doing the scoring and, you know, what right. surprised me now, but uh, what they did with the goalies, take away the pads and gloves, you know. Sure. Back then, you know, the pads, what, Leo, were about three feet yep. across yep. the yep. pad. <laughs> uh, well, they were, now, heavy. they were heavier, I know that. Oh, heavier, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so moving right along. Happy anniversary to Mario Lemieux. On March 2nd, 1993, he returned to the Pittsburgh Penguins the day he received his last radiation treatment for uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, He played that night against the Philadelphia Flyers, and he scored a goal and an assist. Uh, I remember that, and that was incredibly impressive. Uh, And it's really too bad that he had to miss all that time because the the season that he was putting together for 92-93, he may very well have challenged Gretzky's record for – for most points in a season, but to be able to, to do that, to, to have your last radiation treatment and go play in an NHL game that night is Jeez. absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I mean, it, and not only that, that game was in Philadelphia and the, they gave him a standing ovation. Wow. Mm. Despite being a part of, member of the hated Pittsburgh Penguins, yeah. he still got the standing ovation. He came and that was I just deserved a, it. It was a wonderful hockey moment. It really was. <clears throat> So another uh, feel-good story here. Henrik Lundqvist is back on the ice for the first time since having open-heart surgery in January. Uh, he says he still has months to go before making a full recovery and that his playing future is uh, uncertain. But, you know, it was it was good to see him at least get the pads on and take a few shots. Um, you know, I, I really hope that he can at least get back to play one more season. I, and I don't know how, how good it looks for him as far as, you know, whether he's going to be able to do it, you know, in the – later stages of his career, of course, but all the best. I mean, hopefully it all works out for him, and good to see him back. Yeah. You were, all, all the best to him. Uh, I don't know if I would really want him to come back on the ice or not because, you know, he wants to run off a lot. Sure and I'd rather have him go out as a star. and, and Right. I want, I, re, I want to remember Henry Lundquist the way I remember him, especially being a Ranger fan. So Right. Well, and I mean, his health yeah. is just absolutely paramount. That's a- Absolutely. You know, I would like to see him back, but I, I doubt any hockey team management will take the chance, you know, due to liability or well, that's the know, other thing too. health Absolutely. issues. He may want to come back, but, you know, I don't know if any team will, you know. you got to think of him yeah. first. That's right. Yeah. All right. So local high school hockey is back in action. Uh, upcoming games this weekend involving teams from the Valley include Clinton RFA on Friday night and New Hartford at RFA, as well as Whitesboro at Clinton. Both of those games will be on Monday night. I got to tell you guys, it is really good to see things starting to come back around and see high school sports back, and it, it's, it's just a wonderful thing. It, it really is. I, I don't – obviously, they can't have fans in the building yet, but, you know, just the fact that they're playing is, is great with me. And speaking of playing, Utica College men's hockey is back in action this Friday and Saturday with a home-and-home series against Elmira College. The Pioneers did get their game in last Saturday versus Chatham, which they won 3 to nothing. but their Sunday game at Manhattanville was postponed. So far, the Pioneers have three of the top four scorers in UCHC, led by left-wing Brett Everson with three goals and three assists in three games. Did you guys know that you can actually stream Utica Pioneers games at uh, www.ucpioneers.com? Uh, you go to their schedule, and there's a next to the games, it said there's a thing you can click on that says watch. And I just learned this the other day, so... I'm going to check this out this weekend and see if uh, see if we can watch some Pioneers on. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Hey, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Your dad's checking his phone again. Must be another score. Listen, breakaway, <laughs> breakaway trivia is over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rangers 2, favors 1. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> Man. <laughs> He's trying to see what the question is for next week. Yeah. 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 
Especially if you had the answer there, I'm gonna, boy, I'm gonna check that baby out next week. Yeah, you, you'll be studying that paper, right? You wait, you wait to hear the Yahoo when I when that get that first one right. <laughs> show show one twenty five. I think yeah, is right. what it is. <laughs> oh, you're just a <laughs> put him in a box. <laughs> I'm I'm in the box. Yeah, I know, right? Where I am. <laughs> Oh, the Utica Comets beat Rochester 7-2 last Friday night at the Adirondack Bank Center. They'll play again March 3rd at Rochester, which by the time this comes out will have been yesterday. <laughs> and then they have a week off before playing the Amherst again at home on March 10th. Right now, guys, the Comets are in first place in the AHL North Division. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if you guys have got a chance to see the, uh, the games on WPNY yet. Absolutely. That production Outst- is top notch. Oh, they are outstanding. Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you. And you know the the best. I mean, we had Jason Shyon a few weeks back, and his he's so into the games. He reminds me of Doc Emmerich. He really does. He gets right into it. And I'm going to tell you, they got uh, Coach Heenan from the Pioneers doing the the color commentary. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you guys something seriously. If if he decides he doesn't want to coach anymore. He has got a future in the broadcast booth because yeah, he right brings, here, right here, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He brings it. You know, we'll, we'll hire him for the same pitch. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Ed, well, the donuts are good, right, Barry? <laughs> oh yeah, donuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make a white rose yeah. run, and we'll have Jeez. some donuts. <laughs> I, I might have to get some tomato pie on top of that, though. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there might be a hard bargain driven there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's it's great to see the comments doing well, and uh, and like I said, that if you get a chance when they're home, they're on channel or on WPNY, whatever the channel is in your spectrum area, watch it because it's fantastic. Oh, and by the way, um, I did want to circle back. Speaking of Rochester, Barry, you got uh, a, a picture of Don Cherry up in the rink of dreams, don't you? From when he was with the Amherst? I have tons of him playing. When he he coached he coached Rochester, and he also played for them, and I have tons of. Both of them. Yeah, he was a fiery little player also. Oh, yes, he was. Imagine. He was a fiery. He didn't win too many fights, but, you know, you know, he, he never backed down. Are you trying to tell me Don Cherry was fiery? No way. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, all right, we're going to close this segment out with our website of the week. Website of the week is brought to you by 315hockey.com. 315hockey.com is your news hub for all levels of hockey in central New York. This week's website of the week is www.theehl.com. This is a website that is totally dedicated to the Eastern Hockey League. Barry, have you ever seen this? Yes, I have. It's it's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, I get a lot of videos from that um, site. They, they have a lot of uh, the old Syracuse Blazers and even some Clinton Comet games sure. on there. Yeah, I, I tell you, yeah. I um, I just discovered it the other night, and I I, I think I spent like two hours on there, oh, yeah. <laughs> just going through everything, all the old programs they have and stuff like that. It was kind of like a virtual rink of dreams. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Barry. They're, they're stealing your thunder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not quite yeah. as good though. Trust me. Oh, <laughs> the nothing's oh. going to beat the rink of dreams. Oh, I loved having you guys oh, down. God, that oh. was fantastic. Well. The best part was when Leo saw that chair from the old Clinton comments, he just kept picking it up, wanting it to throw it on the ice. He's like, oh, God, this brings back memory. And he like, don't throw it, Leo, don't throw it. I, I, I had to look at it twice. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> well, I don't know if you noticed, I had to hold him back for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, that's going to do it for segment two of Marty's Illegal Stick. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, it's time to take a ride on the Zamboni time machine. We'll see you in a few. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news information and events in the city. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of Little Falls, New York. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, and our events calendar. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling stories about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of local residents and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store or sign up for our weekly newsletter. Stop by today at mylittlefalls.com. You'll be glad you did. And we're back for the third and final segment of Marty's Illegal Stick. Once again, we're going to hop on that Zamboni time machine. It's always our fun, our weekly trip back in time. Yeah. We'll see what kind of crazy event we can come up with this time, You right? come up with some wild stuff, <laughs> let me tell you. You ready for this, Barry? No. No. <laughs> I'm just hanging on. I'm hanging on. Oh, God. Well, hang on tight because we're going back a long way this week. So this week, the Zamboni Time Machine takes us back to 1874 and the start of Madison Square Garden. Located at the intersection of Madison Avenue and 26th Street, it was an outdoor arena built by P.T. Barnum, and it was originally called Barnum's Monster Classical and Geological Hippodrome. That's a mouthful. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> uh, it became known as Madison Square Garden in May of 1879 after the owner of the New York Central Railroad, William Vanderbilt, bought it. The building was taken down in 1889 and was replaced by an imposing indoor complex that included an 8,000-seat arena, a 1,500-seat concert hall, a 1,200-seat theater, the largest indoor swimming pool in the world at the time, and a beautiful rooftop flower garden. It was in this garden that the architect of the building, Stanford White, would meet his end. White had been, had been having an affair with the wife of Harry Thaw, and on June 25, 1906, Thaw took his revenge by shooting White dead in the rooftop garden. This complex would hold thousands of events, but never hockey. But it had one heck of an event there. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> I was like, wow. How are you going to talk okay. that, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, a brand new Madison Square Garden was built in 1925 and was located at 49th Street and 8th Avenue. The 18,000-seat arena was considered to be the ultimate indoor sports and entertainment complex in the world for its time. Although the New York Rangers are synonymous with the name Madison Square Garden, it would actually be the New York Americans who would be the first NHL team to play here as the team had moved to New York from Hamilton, Ontario in 1925. Tex Rickard, the promoter who had built this garden, would bring the New York Rangers into the NHL in 1926 and gave his team much better scheduling options than the Americans, who would continue to play at the garden until they folded in 1942. This MSG was a very busy place as any day of the week, a sporting or entertainment event was being held. All things must come to an end, and in in the case of this MSG, it was in 1968 when it was closed down. It was replaced by the current Madison Square Garden located on top of Penn Station at 33rd Street between 7th and 8th Avenues. The Rangers played their first game here on February 18, 1968, defeating the Philadelphia Flyers by a score of 3-1. Since then, this Madison Square Garden has become a part of American sports and entertainment culture as, as, as it has held thousands of concerts and events, along with being the site of Ali vs. Frazier 1, the first WrestleMania, and the great one Wayne Gretzky's last game, to name a few, just a few of the memorable sporting events that have taken place here. 
The world's most famous arena is now the oldest operating arena in the NHL. And that, my friends, concludes our trip on the Zamboni time machine. Can you believe that? It's the oldest operating arena in the NHL. Mm. That's, that's it's wild. A be- I know. It's a beautiful arena. Boy, oh, since they, they redid it again, what, just three or four years ago? It was 2013, I think it was. It was the oh, four, okay, well, longer transformation than, okay. or something they call oh, it. The my, my, my. What a beautiful. There's not a bad seat in the house. No. <laughs> it's really When we went down there, what was it, last year? Holy mackerel, I couldn't yeah. get over it. Well, the only problem is you got to take a mortgage out to get a ticket, but, you know. <laughs> well, no, no, it's that. Mine was free. It was uh, yeah. It, it was, yeah, I had a little, yeah, when they owe you, they owe you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I understand. Okay. Uh, and we got into the uh, into the box. Oh, it was that was unbelievable. But especially to be able to get box seats at Madison Square Garden. Oh no no no! This was in the suite. Well, sorry. Well, yeah. Right next to the president. Right next to uh, John. Uh, or, uh, he announced the games for years. John Davidson. John Davidson. Okay. I was going to say he's the, the president. president. I'm like, then you started saying John. I'm like Kennedy. Hey, what are you talking Kennedy? about? Like, I, I he's like, like, oh, what are you getting out of here? He, he had a flashback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, he was stuck on the Zamboni time machine. He just kept doing a loop. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> he was back in the early '60s on that one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's going to about do it. Barry, you got anything you want to add? No, I, I've i been there two times. One to see a Ranger game back in 76 or 75 against Boston, and the other time was to go and see the circus. <laughs> wow. I have to say, yeah, um, wow. I took my wife to see the circus at um, MSG, and I have to say the Ranger and the Bruins, that was like a three-ring circus <laughs> with all the plates. It was, it was like, hey, you didn't have the elephants and the monkeys, you know. Oh, that, uh, that had to have been one hell of a circus. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, that place is huge. Yeah, but don't the, the Rangers have to take like a, in a normal season, they have to take like a 10-game road trip yes, every year yes. because of the circus, right? Well, yeah. used to. I don't think they still do, but they did. And they had three rings in the uh, down on the ice level, and, you know, it was awesome. Wow. That's quite a I building. think that was the final year the circus was there. Okay. Yeah, because they don't yeah. do that anymore, do they? I don't they? think so, no. 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 Wow. Oh. FIDA won't allow them. Oh, is because, that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they said. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Right. I remember that now. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I that think- could be your question next week for the trivia. Oh, no, yeah. no. Oh, no. <laughs> Listen, you, guys, you guys are not exchanging phone numbers. Okay. Hey, hey uh, Barry, if he, if he sends you a copy of what's going to be on, uh, give me a little text there. Let me know. <laughs> no problem. For a dozen donuts, I'll do anything. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, well, Barry, listen, thank you very much for being the uh, the guest co-host here. Uh, Barry Shelley from oh. the Rink of Dreams. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Oh, it was great to be on. All right. Thanks. And I just want to mention our Facebook and our Twitter feeds. Uh, it's at Marty Illegal Stick Hockey Podcast. You can find us on the web at www.mylittlefalls.com and at www.martysillegalstick.com. For Leo Kinville, for Dave Warner, I'm Scott Kinville. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.